You know, I posted a video earlier today, and I, I think I stirred up some people's demons. I don't know. Uh, uh, people very upset. You know, how dare you even say that Christians could have an issue that is demonic? Uh, well, I'm going to talk about it tonight. And uh, in fact, I, I'm really going to dig into some of the theology of that. Um, you may have friends that you know are joining us online uh, or who are on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, even now, I give you permission. Get on your phone. You can share the link and do that because uh, I'm going to share about it. I've written about this idea of the demonic. I wrote a book called Dealing with Darkness. In fact, I brought some of the books in here tonight if you'd like to get that. It's only 10 bucks. Um, you can get that, and I lay out uh, really some of the theology there. But uh, candidly, I've always been a little hesitant in how to talk about this until I heard Dr. Morocco preaching about it. It's one of those things where it's very taboo for believers to talk about how demons could possibly influence a Christian. Well, I'm spirit-filled. I pray in tongues. How in the world could I have an issue that is demonic in nature? Well, I was very thankful Dr. Morocco talked about it, and he's written a number of books on the topic, Defiled, Being a Winner in the Invisible War, and a number of other books, and you can pick those up, but uh, even as I've thought about it, you know... My wife and I have cast out a lot of demons over our years in ministry, and uh, only a handful of those were people outside the church. Most of the demons we've cast out have been people that were in the church, people that we worshipped alongside, people that had faith in the Lord, who, and, and I, I may be wrong, but I'd like to think, man, I'm pretty sure this person was born again, and uh, you know, well, how can that be, Pastor Jacob? Well, we're going to talk about it tonight. Are you ready for this? I sure hope you're ready because we're going for it. I want you to take your Bible and open with me to the gospel of, let me see, Mark. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. In fact, would you, um, would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's word. Our series is Supernatural. We're beginning really talking about the demonic Mark chapter 5, I do have my notes in the Bible app, and as I've said, I, I have more notes than I'm sure I'll be able to preach on, so this is a good time for you to um, get that and open that. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. Oh, this is a cool story, one you're probably familiar with. It says this, and they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes, and when he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with chains, because he often had been bound with shackles and chains. The chains had been pulled apart by him and shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him, and always... Day and night he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. He cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. 
For he said to the man, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? He answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Why? I'm going to talk about that tonight. A large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains, and all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine, that we may enter them. At once Jesus gave them permission. The unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Those who fed the swine fled. It was told in the city and the country. They went out to see what it, was, what it was that had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. That's weird. Why are you going to be afraid after the man got set free, but they're not afraid when the man was demonized? Well, we're going to talk about that. Let's pray, and let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word together. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is light, it is life, it's instruction, it's correction. And Lord, I ask that you would release your word, your truth, your wisdom even here tonight. Lord, I commit this time to you. I pray for a mighty anointing, even Lord, to rest upon me, that I would preach with authority as I ought to your word and your truth. Lord, I ask for an anointing upon every person within the sound of my voice, those in this room, those watching online. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking. We give you this word tonight in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. And everybody say, amen, amen. You may be seated. Powerful passage. I don't know about you, but I just love this kind of stuff. I'd encourage you, if you, wanna, if you want to know really what the Bible has to say about demons and the demonic, uh, the simplest place that you could begin is in the Gospel of Mark. I don't know why, but it seems like every chapter, uh, Mark just details all of these demonic encounters that Jesus had and took authority over. In, in this particular case, it's, it's amazing. Uh, uh, they encounter a legion of demons. Now, uh, many of you have heard, and I'm not going to share all the details about this, uh, but Pretty amazing legion. We uh, historians believe that a Roman legion was anywhere between two and six thousand individuals. Uh, the fact that there were two thousand pigs, many say that well, there's probably about two thousand demons that were oppressing this man. But I love the fact that at one word from Jesus the demonic power was shattered. It was taken authority by the power of the name of Jesus. Um, how many of you thankful for the overcoming power of the name of Jesus? The blood of Jesus, oh my goodness. And um, But I, I, I want to highlight something that I, I think may help and encourage each and every one of you. Um, you realize what happens immediately before they encounter this man with the legion of demons is they were going through a storm. Everybody say storm. Can I just suggest to you, how many of you have ever gone through a storm in your life? How many of you are going through storms in your life right now? Okay, we all experience these, and, and one thing that I've come to believe is very often 
I believe that Satan has more confidence in the call and the anointing on your life very often more than we do. What I mean by that is I believe the enemy knew that Jesus and his disciples were heading towards a man who he had a solid, firm grip on. Satan knew if Jesus gets over there, this man's going to be set free, and he was doing everything in his power to hinder Jesus and his disciples. And so let me just give you some encouragement. Friend, sometimes the storms that you are going through have nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what's on the other side of that storm. Who's the prodigal? Who's the oppressed? Who's the person who's going to be ministered to if you endure the storm that you're going through? Are you hearing me tonight? Don't let the devil have more confidence in your call. We just, man, sometimes we get storms and we're like, oh, God, woe is me. Why would you allow me to go through it? That has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do. The enemy sees the gift and the call and the destiny on your life. He's trying to hinder and I don't know about you, but I've just, it, it, it's almost a, it's a weird kind of thing, but like glory in tribulations, I'm suffering. Praise God, there must be something great coming up. I'm going through a hard time. I'm losing sleep. Praise God, there must be something incredible on the other side of this. We ought to begin to praise God when we go through challenges in life. Wow. So they endure the storm. They encounter a man we call the demoniac, uh, and uh, Bible quiz, were you paying attention? Where is he living? Gray, yeah, they're caves. Uh, he's living in a graveyard. Everybody say graveyard. Now, here's what I, uh, and I'm just, I'm going to throw out just some, some nuggets of wisdom to you. Uh, you'll notice that demons, that the devil in general likes death, they love this kind of stuff, graveyards and darkness and, and all of that. And, and, and friend, this is why I'm, I'm leery, man. I Just uh, get rid of wearing skulls around your neck. Um, be careful about the decorations. I know we're coming up on the season of Halloween, and it's not just, man, I just enjoy the style. And I just think, uh, you know, I'm going to carve a skull in this jack-o'-lantern. Friend, you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. What are you trying to appeal to? What is it that's in your heart that you would want to entertain that sort of thing? You may think, I'm not playing with a Ouija board. I'm not, I'm not giving to like full-on witchcraft. But what are you attracting? What is it that you are drawing? What doors are being open? There is a time, I mean, I don't know if you guys are like this, but every once in a while, my, my wife and I, will we'll turn on a TV show that we used to watch 10 years ago. And we're like, why did we watch this? Anybody with me? It's like my convictions have grown stronger as time goes by. And I want it to be that. I don't want to go the other way. Why? Because there's times and there's seasons. In fact, there was a, a, a season where my wife and I were watching a TV show. It was, it was dark. Um, should I tell them what it is? No, she says no. Okay, you can ask me after the service. It wasn't anything, you know, wicked, cussing, pornographic, anything like that. It was dark. And, uh, and so we were, we're watching this show, and I remember we just, like, felt kind of weird about it. Man, maybe we should cut it off. And so we did. But then 
We decided, ah, let's try one more time. And it was like, it was uncanny timing. We turn on this show, and immediately my son wakes up with a night terror. And that was like, that was it for me, man. It's just like, I am not, what, for the sake of entertainment? I'm going to open the door for, for spirits to influence my kids? Friend, you got to be careful. Music. Things that you watch, things that you're here. We need to be so intentional about what we allow in our home, in our lives, and what we, we forbid and we permit things to come, you understand. Are you trekking with me so far? So, I mean, like, I don't know, man. There's songs that sound good, and even the lyrics are nice. But pay attention when the Holy Spirit says there's something off about this. You guys understand what I'm saying? Uh, some of you are looking at me with a weird tone of voice right now. Um, that was a joke, but all right. I know you guys are feeling convicted. You're like, okay, I need, to, I need to delete some things on my Netflix account. Okay, that's fine. You just go do that. Hallelujah. But we are not going to give place, Ephesians 4, 27. We will give no place to the devil. Amen? Now, I want to talk about, you say, well, what's the big deal, pastor? I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Nothing can affect me. Friend, if you open the door, you can be affected. And this is what, this is what got people all riled up uh, on this video that I posted today. Pastor, how could you suggest that a born-again, spirit-filled believer could have issues that are related to the demonic? Well, let me, let me give you a passage. In fact, I want you to turn there. I didn't read this on the video because it was only a minute, but Luke 13, Luke 13. This is an interesting story. I'm going to give you some theology. If anybody messages you, Kama was ready to debate with me as we, I came into church tonight. No, that's not true. He's on my side. I know. If, if I say it, he's with me, I, and I appreciate it. But he said he had people messaging him, what, what, what does he think about this? Well, if anybody asks you, you just refer them to what I'm about to share right now, okay? Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 10. There's another account. Jesus encounters a demon. And this is a, a different situation. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Everyone say spirit of infirmity. That was a sickness upon this woman that was caused by a spirit. Did you know that there are sicknesses that can be caused by spirits? Did you know that? Peter's mother-in-law, when Jesus prayed for her, rebuked a spirit. Didn't pray for healing. He rebuked a spirit and she was made whole. There are moments. In fact, I've learned this as we've ministered in healing. There are times I'll pray for somebody who's got a body pain and the body pain moves. I know immediately, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can relate to that. Other you are thinking, really? The pain moves? Yeah, it can move. Why? Because it's not a physical ailment. It is a spirit of infirmity. And the, the minute you say, get off of that person's back, that spirit has to listen. But if you don't understand what you're dealing with, next thing you know, they've got a shoulder pain instead of a back pain, and they're wondering why. This is why Jesus encouraged, I know I'm going off on some tangent, but this stuff is all in my heart. I've been preaching on this stuff for years. Prophet John Harkey preached a wonderful message 
dealing with the boy who had epileptic seizures and why Jesus said, you need to fast and you need to pray. The problem was the dad asked for his son's healing. And I would imagine the disciples began to pray for the boy's healing. The problem was the boy didn't need to be healed. The boy needed to be delivered. And Jesus discerned that he needed to be delivered, and Jesus cast the demon out of the boy, and he was set free. Now, I believe that there is back pain that is infirmity. It's a spirit, and there's back pain that you got a bum back, and you need to exercise more. Hallelujah. I believe there's epilepsy that is spiritual in nature, and epilepsy that you got some chemical levels you need to straighten out. Hallelujah. I believe there's many things. It's not blanket statements that, oh, I know someone who has epilepsy. They must be demon-possessed. It's not what I'm saying. Are you guys trekking with me so far? So to continue this story, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Oh, my goodness. He said to the crowd, there are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Can you imagine? This, this irritates me, actually, <laughs> reading that. I just can't even imagine. How dare you heal on the Sabbath? Oh. The Lord answered and said, hypocrite. Go, Jesus. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it to the water? And so not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Here's a couple of things I want to highlight about this woman. Where did Jesus encounter this woman? At the church. She's at synagogue on the Sabbath, worshiping the Lord. The Bible, Jesus called her a daughter of Abraham. That's a very specific term. That doesn't just mean that you're of the descendants, you're, 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 you're Jewish by blood. No, this means that you are committed to your faith. This is a woman who believed in God, worshiped the Lord, attended church faithfully, and was bound by demons. Do you see it? She had sickness in her body, and he uses the word bound. She was bound for 18 years. Now, this is where people get messed up, and I'm just going to help you for those watching online. Share this for people who are like, how, Pastor, how can people be? You understand, the Bible uses one word when it talks about demonic influence over people. We have tried to break this down and make it more, you know, palatable. I just want to understand it. Because how many of you guys realize, like, when you hear temptation versus being a guy like Legion possessed with thousands of demons, like, we look and, and there's a difference there, right? Are you guys checking with me? So, so we would say... Well, the person who's being tempted, even if we acknowledge that temptation is coming from the devil. I don't know where that came from. I'm being tempted. 
versus the person who's like, in fact, one of my pastor friends, I like the term that he uses, meat puppet. Someone who is like, you know, horror movie, head spinning, you know, different voices, meat puppet. You can use that. You can take that if you'd like to. Um, We understand that there's a difference. Now, for us to explain the difference between those two, we would say, oh, this person who's being harassed and tempted by the devil, they're oppressed. And on the other side, the person who's the level 10 meat puppet, we would say, oh, that person is possessed. They're being controlled by the devil. And that's probably the terminology that you and I have been raised with. That's what I was raised being taught. Well, Christians can be oppressed. We can hear the influence and the temptation of the enemy, but we can't be a level 10 meat puppet because, oh, no, uh, I'm a spirit-filled believer. Are you guys with me so far? Here's the problem. The Bible never uses a different word to describe possessed and oppressed. When you look at the Greek, it's all one word, and it's the word demonized. So, the person who is being tempted and harassed and accused by the enemy is demonized. The person who's a meat puppet is demonized. When Judas is giving into temptation, he's demonized. These are all, and yes, there are varying degrees of control that the enemy has. In fact, this doesn't take a theologian to figure out. Talk to any addict. Talk to any addict, and you will understand exactly how demons work. Think about it. That person who is in full-blown addiction, they didn't, la- they didn't start there. That temptation began when one of their buddies at school is passing around a cigarette and they have a temptation. I think I want to do this. No, I shouldn't do this. Maybe I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden, there's this voice that's speaking into them, do it, do it. They do that. They don't start out as the full-blown heroin addict. And we've seen people like this, right, walking down the streets, screaming at themselves, fighting against invisible things. I mean, we've all seen that kind of thing. We know what it is to be in total, in complete bondage, but they didn't start out there. And the path from the little temptation in the schoolyard and being a full-blown controlled addict, life-ruined There's a whole range of temptation and sin that happened in between there, didn't it? They graduated from one drug to the next. What was now a a casual pastime and a social thing is now something that my body is craving and yearning for. And now I want something more. And now I'm wounding relationships. And We understand because we can all observe it. Can I suggest to you, Ephesians 4, 27, when you give place to the devil... When you give place to the devil, it begins as a small, man, I got this thing harassing me. I've got this thing speaking to me. And the more place that you give to it, you give influence, 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 and you wonder how people are demonized. Listen, if you can sin, you can be affected by demons. It's that simple. It's not complicated. In fact, I I, I feel like, why is this important? You say, Pastor Jacob, why is this important? Why are we trying to differentiate? Here's why it's important. Jesus said that if you would know the truth, the truth would make you free. Here's my concern. We've had a whole world of preaching that has said Christians can't have demon problems. And so we're walking around bound and oppressed 
for years and years, never even considering, well, surely it's not a demon because I'm, I'm a Christian. I've been washed by the blood. Surely this issue that's going on. And people are walking around with chronic illness in their body that may be a demon. People are walking with a bond of poverty on their life, and it may be a demon. Now, I'm not wanting us to get spooky, and every issue that you have is now a demon, but it is important for us to begin to consider. We've had moments, friend. My wife and I went to Haiti for a number of years in a row. And I'll never forget, we were going through this, this season where we were having challenges. I mean, my son was having nightmares. My wife was having uh, weird dreams. And I mean, we're both spirit-filled. We're praying every day. We're going after God. We don't have open doors in our life. And somebody came to me. In fact, what happened is I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw voodoo witchcraft in Haiti, and I actually saw this individual follow us back from Haiti and was actually standing in our room in this dream. And I went to a pastor friend, great intercessor, great prophet, and I said, is there even a chance that what's been going on in our household could have been what happened here? And they said, absolutely. Did you guys do deliverance when you were in Haiti? Oh, yeah. We had demon-possessed people show up at that tent. We cast out devils. And then they asked me, did you, did you pray protection and covering over the team as you guys came back? Did you, did you renounce and you did do this, you know, housekeeping kind of stuff? And we're like, not really. And they're like, something attached to you guys when you were over there. Well, how's that possible, Pastor Jacob? You're a Christian covered in the blood. But here's what happened. I just want you to know, we in that moment, we renounced that thing, we prayed against that thing, and guess what? The terrors in our house stopped. Dr. Morocco tells a story. I, I could tell stories about this kind of stuff all night. Dr. Morocco tells a story about a well-known evangelist, if I said the name, you would know who it is. Miracle signs and wonders following his ministry. Powerful evangelist, leading people to the Lord. But he talks about a moment where this evangelist in another minister who was primarily a deliverance minister, this guy had such an authority in the demonic, and he would see demons as they clung to people. On one occasion, this is a story Dr. Morocco tells, they were sitting down to dinner together, and the deliverance minister looks at the evangelist and says, you have a spirit of anger. And the guy's like, no, I don't. I'm a Christian, right? Goes through the same kind of thing that I've been getting on, online all day. No, I'm a Christian. I'm spirit-filled. I can't have demons. And he says, you have a demon, and it's right there on your chest. This man begins to fly into a rage, wants to punch this deliverance minister for even making this accusation. And he's, but the, the deliverance minister, great authority. He says, I command you to stand to your feet right now. Now he's talking to this spirit of anger. This man, like a zombie, stands up. And he says, I command you to loose that man of God right now and let him go. And the man, they said that he screamed as if great pain, as if something was being ripped off of his chest. After that happens, this evangelist says, it's the craziest thing. It's like, I, I've gone after God for the last 30 years. I've been preaching the gospel, seeing signs and wonders. I love the Lord. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. But he's like, if anybody would ever get in my face, if they ever pointed their finger at my chest, 
I would just feel myself go into this rage that I couldn't control. But in that moment, he was healed. He was set free. Can I give you another one? I'm just, I'm trying to help you guys here. So Dr. Morocco, and, and, and I feel safe in sharing these stories because they're coming from our pastor, okay? It's not just some weird theology, Pastor Jacob. Oh, Christians can have demon issues. Listen, you can argue with me. You can argue with Dr. Morocco. Dr. Morocco shares another story. Every year, he would have this cough that would come upon him that would hang on him for months and months and months. He's reading a teaching one day about the spirit of infirmity. Christians can't have spirits. Yeah, they can. He's reading this story about a man of God who had constant, I mean annual sickness that would cling to him for months and months and months. This man of God eventually got fed up with it, began to see it in the scripture, and called the thing out. No, I plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, you have set me free. I not only pray for healing, but I pray that you loose me from the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. And that man of God was set free. Now, Dr. Morocco is sitting in his office reading this teaching. And at that moment, has a cough that's hung with him for like months now. And he's like, wow. Well, if it could work for that guy, maybe it could work for me. And so he sat there and he prayed, Jesus, I ask you now to cover me by your blood. I renounce the spirit of infirmity. I command it to loose me and to let me go. And in that moment, now he didn't shriek and fall on the ground, different voice or anything like that. But I'm telling you, in that moment, that thing left. And he has never since that day had that prolonged cough that has clung to him for months and months and months. I'm just, I'm trying to help you out, friends. I'm trying to help you. If I didn't love you, I would just keep my mouth shut. It's controversial to talk about this. No, friend, I love you enough to tell you that some of the things that we face from time to time are demonic. And I'm not here to debate, well, possessed, oppressed, demonized. It's all demonized. It's all demonized to use Bible language. My son comes to me and is having a nightmare. I'm not going to try and run him through a theology test and say, now, is this possession or is this oppression? No, I'm going to break the devil off of my son. I'm going to pray that fear go. Praise God. He's not had that kind of stuff going on for a long time. So, wow, I went way off track there. I've got like nine points that I wanted to cover tonight, but I don't know if I'll have time for that. I did have somebody ask me, Pastor, is that Old Covenant? You know, this woman, daughter of Abraham, isn't that Old Covenant? Here's the, here's the thing. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, you will know that the kingdom of God has come. From the moment that Jesus began operating on the earth, you understand He's not dealing an old covenant theology any longer. He's now bringing a new kingdom. And one of the markers of that new kingdom was authority over demons. In fact, in the Old Testament, the closest thing that you see to deliverance was King David. He had a mentor, demonized King Saul, would try and spear him. And, uh, and, and David, the Bible says that the reason Saul began to call for David was because he was a skilled musician. And when David would play the harp in worship, it would pacify 
the demons that were in Saul. How many understand what Jesus has done? He has not come to pacify demons. Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus has come to loose captives and to set them free. That's what Jesus has come to do, to cast out demons, not to pacify them. There's a big difference there. Here's another thing that I I, I want you to just recognize. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out not only to preach good news, but to heal the sick and cast out devils. I don't know why we treat it like such a taboo thing that somebody, we don't, we don't hesitate if somebody comes to us and asks for prayer for healing in their body. But boy, if somebody were to come up to you in the altars and say, pray for me, I have demons, that, that would freak most of us out, wouldn't it? It didn't freak out Jesus, and it didn't freak out the disciples. Having demonic issues was the exact same thing as having sickness in your body. This is one of the things that I loved about Dr. Morocco. He's had people that come to him with demon issues, and he doesn't flinch. Man, we need to get you in sozo, and we need to walk you through inner healing, and uh, boy, this is going to be a six-month-long process. we got to walk you through some... No. He would take authority over that demon power the very same way you'd take authority over someone who had cancer in their body and were contending for them to be healed. We need to not be freaked or weirded out about this kind of thing. Are you hearing me today, church? We're going to pray about this stuff in a moment. I want, I want you to have the authority and the confidence to walk in this. Never forget I was in India. And uh, in India, it's a highly demonized culture. In fact, you want to talk about like demonic influence and even temptation? I, I, I remember this is where this really became real to me. I was in India, and... There's temples all over the place. I mean, every street corner you go to, there's a temple to a different God. And I kid you not, I felt this nudging, this temptation. Go check out what's in that temple. I've never been to, we've got Buddhist temples on this island. We've got different religions, different places I could go and and seek out. I have never once been tempted into giving into idolatry or any form of pagan worship. But when I was in India, I remember, because it was so strange, something hit me and I got curious. Praise God I didn't give in to that. I probably would be demon-possessed if I did. But uh, I remember different regions and areas you go to will have different influences of sin. You ever experience this? I mean, sometimes you just travel to different areas and you can sense different things that are going on. I've got a whole teaching on that I was planning on doing tonight. I just don't think that I'll have the time for it. But I remember highly demonized culture. And we were in an altar time. There were thousands of people that had responded to the altar call. And I'd go to one person, I need healing in my body. This is what's going on. And so I'd pray for him to be healed. And then I'd go to the next person, and they would say, and this this tripped me out. I never had this before. I'm demon-possessed. Pray for me. And I remember, like, I mean, I was a Bible school student at this point in time, and I'm looking like, whoa, really? You're demon-possessed? Okay. So I place my hand on him. And I remember the first person, it was a lady I was praying for. And I remember distinctly because I put my hand on her head 
And the moment that I began to pray, I could actually feel her grinding her teeth. She was grinding her teeth so intensely, I could feel it as I was laying hands on the top of her head. And so I just begin to pray. I begin to pray in the spirit. I begin to take authority. I loose you and I let you go. And nothing seemed to be working. And I remember looking over <laughs> and my roommate was standing, right, just, you know, just behind me. And I watched as this person falls out under the power of God. And he looks at me and just says, just plead the blood. Just plead the blood. And so I'm like, the blood. And I watched this person. I mean, it was, like the, it was like lightning from heaven struck this person. They fall down on the ground. They stand up a moment later completely set free. I continue to go down the line, and I need healing. Okay, the blood of Jesus. I'm demon-possessed. Wow, another one. The blood. And I watched the power of God just touch them. Now, listen, that's not an end-all, say-all. There are moments that I've had demons that will not go when I plead the blood. I need to quote Scripture. There's moments I've seen demons that they need to renounce sin that they've given themselves to. And then, once they have been forgiven, then the Lord will set them free. We have weapons of warfare. Can I tell you what our weapons of warfare are? The Bible. If you feel like there's something that continually comes against you or your family, you better learn some verses to combat the wiles of the enemy. The word of God is a weapon of warfare. The second weapon of warfare is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. I'm telling you, friend, if you don't know how to pray, every person within the sound of my voice can do this. You say, Pastor, I haven't memorized scripture. Uh, I, I, I'm not real good at praying in tongues. Here's one thing you can do. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. You can all do that. You can do that. You can say the name Jesus. There's power in his name. The third weapon of warfare is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. I just told you a story about that. The blood of Jesus. That's the power by which we're set free. That's the power by which we are redeemed. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. That's where you hear, and it's mostly old school, it's King James verbiage, but I plead the blood of Jesus. Our fourth weapon of warfare is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. There are moments where absolutely you should pray in tongues. There are moments, in fact, one of the, the men who taught me how to operate in the realm of deliverance. By the way, another evidence for Christians needing to be aware that there's demonic oppression. I learned how to practice deliverance. Watching a man of God cast out demons every day upstairs at Christ for the Nations. And the people he was ministering to were born-again Bible school students. Every day there were manifestations. Every day there were demons that were being cast out of Christians. You say, how's that possible, Pastor Jacob? Listen, uh, there's so much I could tell you. I, I don't want to, I'm like a fire hose when I start talking about this kind of stuff. Can, can you tell I'm excited about this? Oh, my. Well... I did not talk at all about, I, I want to pray. We've got about 10 minutes. And I, I, 
You can get the notes online. Let me just read them to you. I'm not going to preach on this, but let me just give you. There are chained and there are unchained demons, meaning that there's demons that are operating right now, but the Bible talks about a day when other demons are going to be released in 2 Peter 2.4. So if you're overwhelmed with the demons that are going on right now, Friend, you better learn how to take authority over these things because there are more that are going to be released uh, towards the end of time. There are different ranks of demons. Ephesians 6.12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So the highest rank of demon that we have are principalities. Everyone say principalities. Principalities are uh, what influence nations. You see this in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel begins to fast and pray. And 21 days later, he has an angelic visitation. And it's very interesting what he says. Uh, Gabriel comes and he says, Daniel, the moment that you began to pray, I was released with an answer. But I was with Michael, the archangel, contending against the prince of Persia. It was the prince of the power of the air in that region. It was a demonic principality. So don't be discouraged if you pray and you don't see anything happening. Don't give up praying because, friend, you don't know. Your prayers may be fueling war that's going on in the heavens. We're praying for revival. And who knows, the moment that we pray for revival... There might be, I don't know if there is such a thing, revival angels that move into action, right? Carrying exactly what we're contending for. But the devil's not just going to roll over and let this happen. There are principalities and there are powers that are pushing back against the work of the Lord. So we need to be faithful, as Daniel was, to pray. That's why I've asked you, if you're contending for revival, pray every day, even as Daniel did. Uh, The second rank of demons was powers. Everyone say powers. These are demons over regions. They have realms of authority. This is why uh, we pray. We do binding and loosing. This is why I preached a whole series on the spirit of generosity combating the spirit of poverty. There There is a power, a demonic power that has gripped people, and we, would, we need to see that thing broken. And so you bind demon power and you loose the opposing power, which is in this case generosity. Um, we see rulers of darkness. That's the third rank. These influence areas. Have you ever driven in a particular area and you feel difference? Like, Oh, I drive down in this valley. I've had people that are like not even in the church. Oh, don't drive down to that valley. That's where I see floating lights and that's where I see demon power. You know, they recognize that you go to certain places and there's different things that go on. In the very same way, it's why people come into this church and they're like, I feel peace. I feel love. I feel joy. They might not even be Christian. They might not even understand why they sense those things. But there are different uh, powers that influence areas for good and for bad. The, the fourth one, now this is interesting. I've got a whole teaching, wickedness in high places. Oh, I ought to save this for next week. It's pretty cool. Um, let me just tell you, there are things that influence and affect nature. 
that are demonic in nature. Jesus had a storm that he rebuked. You say, I thought weather was caused by God. If weather was caused by the Father God or even the Holy Spirit, Jesus would not be rebuking his Father or the Holy Spirit. It was a demon power that he was rebuking and resisting in that moment. Very interesting. There are things. That's in uh, uh, Mark chapter 4 and verse 39. He rebukes the wind. Very interesting. Uh, Demons are destructive. Demons have limited supernatural power. Demons are at war with you. These are all things that I was going to talk about, but uh, you guys made me talk about different stuff. So here's what we close with, and I want you to understand. You have a position in Christ. Ephesians 2.5. Minister Rylin, would you come on the piano? We're going to pray in a moment for everybody who wants it. Ephesians 2.5 says, when we were dead in trespasses, Christ made us alive together with him. By grace you have been saved. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you realize Jesus is supreme over every demon power that you can imagine? Even in the previous chapter, it talks about principalities and powers. Jesus is supreme over all of them. Now here's what's crazy. You are seated with Christ. That means if you understand who you belong to, you have the very same authority that Jesus was operating in. I'm t- if we understand our identity, this kind of stuff excites me, friend. You want to know why? We've only had it once here in Kona so far. We'll have more. You know why? We had a young girl a number of weeks ago manifest demons. I didn't run away. I've seen people run away when demons manifest. I run right over I embrace that, that woman, and she's a woman of God. Pray for her, and she got set free. And it was powerful. You want to know why I run towards that and not away from it? I've done this my whole life since I've been born again. Because I understand that the greater one is on the inside of me. Greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. I understand the authority and the position that I walk in. I am not afraid of the devil. Jesus stepped foot in the region of the Gadarenes. And immediately that demon came, fell at his knees, and began worshiping God. I'm telling you, friend, don't ever let the devil intimidate you with fear. He's going to come at you blowing smoke and making you think he's all big and bad. The Bible said that he prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But can can I just highlight something to you? The devil is not a roaring lion. He is like a roaring lion. He's imitating a roaring lion. You know what that is? It's intimidation. He's trying to freak you out and make himself look bigger than what he really is. There's only one lion I see in Scripture, and it's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he has prevailed over every power of the enemy. If you understand what's inside of you, oh my goodness, the devil, he must kneel. He must worship and acknowledge God. Understand your power in Christ. Luke 9, 1 and 2. He called the disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases, And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God 
and to heal the sick. Wow. He gave them authority over sickness, over demons, and to carry his word. What's amazing is in Matthew chapter 10, he gives the same authority to 70. And in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit poured out, and he gives the same authority to sons and daughters, men and women, young and old, all who would receive his spirit. Friend, do you realize when we receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you have authority to see sickness healed. You have authority to break the power of the devil. You have the boldness and authority to carry the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who need it. That's for all of us. It wasn't just for these guys. He extended it to the 70, then the 120, then to 3,000, 5,000, and it's all the way to us. I want you to stand right now all across this room. I want to pray about two things before we end our time together. Praying to see freedom over demonic issues should not be any stranger than every Sunday when I call for the prayer of healing to be released. You understand? In a moment, I'm going to call for anybody you feel like you have a struggle, even something that may be going on in your physical body that you, after tonight, you say, man, maybe this is demonic in nature. Maybe those nightmares that I have all the time, it's not just my, my weird diet. Maybe it's not just some chemical thing. It may be, maybe it's demonic. Maybe this temptation thing that I just cannot overcome, maybe it's demonic in nature. Maybe this pain I have in my body, maybe it's demonic. In a moment, we're going to call for those that you feel like, yeah, I want to be set free. If it is demonic in nature, I want freedom over that. And I don't want you to think weird. I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. I'm just saying if it's the devil, I don't want to tolerate it any longer. Amen? And then before we end our time together, we're going to pray for that very same authority that Jesus released over his disciples to see sickness healed, to see authority over demons and the boldness to preach the gospel. I'm going to pray that very same thing be released upon each and every one of us. So listen, you got to want this. If the Lord is going to touch you, you got to want it. So you're here tonight and you say, I'm not going to make you bow your head, close your eyes. I'm not going to, we're not going to do, you know, secret hand raise, handshake, any of that. If you're here tonight and you just say, you know what, the Lord's speaking to me and I feel like Something that's going on in my life might be demonic in nature. I need healing. I'm going to break infirmity. I need freedom from this temptation. I've had this generational thing that's gone on, and I want freedom tonight. If that's you, whatever it may be, I want you to take a step of faith right now, and I want you to come right down to the front, and we're going to pray to see freedom release. So come on. Come on. If that be you, I want you to step. 